Just Lobato, thank you for coming on to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. Yes, sir. Hey. We've got David on here. Yeah. David, we got Mr. Porter and Mr. Patterson. Great. We're all on. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, which seems to be the par for uh, <laughs> this podcast. Hey, it's all good. It's better. At least we're doing something better than nothing, right? Yes. Hey, so let's go back through introductions quickly. Justin Lobato, you've been on before. We had a really great talk with DJ Patterson and you and I, and we've talked corrections versus enhancements and kind of the difference on that. It was a really great podcast. And then we got disconnected. So thank you so much for taking the time to come back on. Tell us who you are. Well, uh, Justin Lobato, own and operate a fixed location detail shop in Melbourne, Florida. Uh, also a uh, board member of the International Detailing Association, uh, lead global detailing consultant for Buff and Shine Manufacturing, and a proud member of the Detail Mafia. Nice, nice. Thank you. Thank you, definitely. Uh, Mr. Porter is also part of the Mafia. Yes, sir. Ian, tell us who you are. Uh, Ian Porter, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I own and operate Redbeard Detail Shop. Uh, I am also a member of the IDA, and like Marty said, a proud member of the Detail Mafia. Cool, cool. DJ Patterson? Yo, DJ here in the uh, great state of Oklahoma in <laughs> Tulsa. <laughs> I own a uh, mobile detailing company here for the past, we're going on actually eight years now, um, and then also a board member with Justin on the International Detailing Association. So the best. thanks for having me on again. The yeah. largest mobile detailing company in the state of Oklahoma, I must Boom. say. That Boom. is true. Boom. Nice. Very true. Drop it. Hey. All right. Hey, no, and no, our... I didn't know that's nice. Yeah. And that is David. David, uh, we're glad you're back joining us as our beer consultant. We have thoroughly missed you. Not only do you have a lot of experience detailing, but you are definitely our beer nerd and <laughs> Tell us who you are. What is this you do that uh, is so special with uh, being – like, how have you gotten your palate? It's from brewing beer, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I, you know, funny story, I didn't actually enjoy beer too much years ago because uh, I thought beer was just Budweiser. You know, I thought beer was just yeah. Coors or whatever. And um, some friends in- introduced me to some of those larger uh, microbrew companies like – um, Boulevard and Sierra Nevada and all that. And I, I was amazed by how much flavor beer had and uh, just fell in love with it. And then shortly after um, I started tasting those beers, I found about home brewing and started doing that. And that was um, 2014. So it was about four, four years ago. Awesome. Awesome. And he's always got some great things that he makes up. So we're always happy when you can take your time to, to come educate us on the different flavors and stuff. I know last last well, podcast, we were struggling. <laughs> DJ had to Google stuff in place because we didn't have the beer nerd to tell us what to do. So yeah. <laughs> really glad that you're on. All right, so Justin, as the guest, you get to pick the beer, and, you know, it happens, which it happened last time, the beer you picked is not one that we could get. So uh, Ian chose a local brew because you were choosing a local brew but i think you've switched it up because it's taco tuesday right this is right i uh i started my night having some wonderful tacos at the local uh latino restaurant and had a couple corona lights there and i had some in the refrigerator so i continued on the corona light journey yeah smart choice smart choice hey there's a lot of similarities between the beer we're drinking right now and corona so that's okay all right. Tell us what beer we're drinking, Ian, and then the beer nerd will fill us in. Uh, we are drinking a beer by Dead Armadillo Craft Brewing. That is a local brewery here in Tulsa. It is called the Tulsa Flag Blonde Ale. It's a limited edition, actually, printed in the same, uh, the same. I basically reflect. Can you of, read? Can you read, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, what I'm saying is it's printed in the same likeness of our Tulsa flag, which was, I think, voted in last year, which is one of the reasons why I picked it, because it's actually the flag that I voted for. That's not oh, you voted? About. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yes, sir. That's cool. I didn't even know we had a flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, all right. Well, it's a pretty good beer. Um, thank you for choosing it. You vote. You you picked it okay. because it's a local beer and because you voted for the flag. So cool. Yes, sir. Uh, Justin, anything new with you since you've been on? Um, good. trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, there there's a couple things, but we're gonna wait till this weekend until we reveal what those things are. Oh, dun dun dun. <laughs> Nice, nope. nice. Just steady, steady business, steady life, enjoying it. Good. How's, how's that baby? Ah, uh, amazing! It's awesome. Yeah. Slowly That's but surely, awesome. she's she's you know every day, every month. You know, I have a thirteen-year-old son, so I don't remember much of that compared to now. And it's just it's very cool watching it, and I kind of get to more so uh, seize the moment versus when I was, gosh, I'm thirty-five now. And he's 13, so I was 22. It's a yeah. different time, different place. I mean, gosh, I was working for somebody then. And then in my spare time, because I did a lot of competing with amateur boxing, all I did four nights a week was train. So I didn't I didn't spend too much of the nightlife at home yeah. other than gym. Oh, uh, you were so an amateur it, boxer? That's badass, man. Yeah, for, for 10 years. Yeah, well, actually, eight of it was U.S. amateur boxing. Two years was kickboxing. I love stand-up and uh, striking. Oh, okay. Cool. Don't mess so with Jim Justin. Or, yeah, basically, don't, we know who to go hide behind now, right? <laughs> uh, so did you ever get into MMA stuff, like that type of fighting? No. Um, well, in the later years, I had a lot of friends. You know, a lot of the gyms started transitioning to that. They started bringing it in. And my biggest thing was, um, you know, I learned how to not get taken down and then how when I did get taken down, how to get back up because – you know, this day and age, just like the 80s, when, when karate was around, everybody took a, you know, Taibo class on the weekend and thought they were a black belt. Well, just like now, currently, everybody does that with MMA. They take, you know, their weekend, you know, CrossFit class that integrates some MMA, and they think they're the next best, you know, Tito Ortiz. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things that, you know, if you're at the right, you know, at the wrong place at the wrong time, at least you know what to do. But as far as my striking skills – uh, I got to travel around Florida and get over 100 fights under my belt and um, do quite a few uh, bang with quite a few top guys uh, for training. And um, I, I held my own with just never lose any fights by a loss or knockout. I lost to being winded and not prepared. Uh, but overall, um, I did very well, let's just say, almost as well as I do in detailing. Boom. Oh, my. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Background noise. Yeah, that's Chill. pretty awesome, man. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's talk one of the main theories and one of the main things we're going to talk tonight on, you know, we're definitely going to dig into the beer. Super delicious. I'm sure everybody's already cracked open and started yep. taking it down. Um, but let's talk about the importance of having a community in – respect with detailing right so the 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 funny thing is with detailers because we take so much pride in the work that we do a lot of times if if we're polishing out a car it's us that polished it we're the ones that did it and especially with social media now we want to let other people know of the work that we did and sometimes that creates friction between other detailers because we view somebody that's a mile away or 10 miles away, depending on your city, maybe even 20 miles away. We view them as competition. and We don't really want to talk to them. We don't definitely would never want to hang out with them, let alone have a beer with them. But it's actually super important to develop a community and to network in a sense. So we have started a, a thing here in Oklahoma that is called Detailers of Oklahoma. Whereas we get together and have workshops, we have discussions, we have a Facebook group, and we do a lot of things together. And I think, Justin, you had said that you guys have something like that, that you started there in Florida, right? Uh, yeah, there's been quite a few of us that have gotten together and, uh, you know, and have moved forward with helping uh, evolve the local demographic detail community. And there's others within other counties that are taking that same approach. Um, but it's, it's, it's tends to be an uphill battle cause there's, there's two, you know, two different sides to that and not, neither of them can be both negative or positive, but you got to think, you know, the common, 
the common saying is there's enough cars on cars on the road for everybody. Have, has everybody heard that term? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's just take the facts here real quick. 80% of the detail community is common core detailers, wash and wax guys. They're not even really interested in ceramic or they're a little scared about it because it's intimidating to them. Uh, so that makes up the guys like us that make up the other 20%. So now we come into a specialty market. So we just narrow down our clientele demographically. So now you get another guy right next door to you that's striving for the same market as you. That 20% market just got narrowed down because you got a guy going after the same goal as you. But now if you become a niche within your specialty, you know, uh, specialty paint corrections, all coatings, and this is what your shop has become, now it's great. You're driving it in. You're making money, obviously a premium dollar. But what about if you get two or three more guys into that market doing the same thing? Your 20% went down to 10, went down to a very small percentage of clientele. So technically, it is still competition. It's just are you enemies or are you friendly competition? Because at the end of the day, that narrowed down percentage of clientele is very small that's looking for your premium services once you reach that level. So, it, it, again, there's, there's both sides to it, depending upon the level of services you're offering. And I think a lot of that sometimes has to be looked at. And you kind of have to be careful who you invite into your shop. But at the same time, you still want open doors to let them know that, you know, there's, you're willing to help in certain ways. Yeah. Well, and I would think one-on-one, yeah, totally. I could see that there's – It'd be tough for people to just let one person come in. But I, I think community-wise and bouncing ideas back and forth, I mean, and we've seen it in our group, there's some people that are pretty open and they like to help others. And there's some people that are, you know, a little a holy and don't really care for other people. But, yeah. like, DJ and Ian, what have you guys seen, like, is beneficial for not only your business but maybe other people to be in, involved in a community aspect? Well, I mean, like today, for instance, I had a gentleman who brought up a gift for me and and you as well, Marty, um, which was like an engraved cup with our logos on it, with our branding and so forth. And I was kind of I was in shock because he went all his guy lives in like a city that's like 45, maybe an hour away from us. Um, And I was like, man, like what? Like, why? Yeah, Stephen Hansen, who's a part of the detailer. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he brought those up to us and I was just in shock you know, cause it's just a big gesture. So, but what he said to me was, you know, you guys do so much, you guys put these events on every single month and I'm, I'm able to learn and grow. And he's on the fence about quitting his job and going full, full, full blown. So that's the kind of satisfaction that I get out of these kind of groups because, you know, I'm not trying to boast, but I'm so established now to where, you know, competition is definitely there. You know, you can talk about friendly competition, uh, Justin, you know, the same, me and Ian, we're both, we have a niche market. We both do deal with the same the same clientele. We're both very civil. We both we're not. It's not an enemy. We're both friends. It's just there's enough cars for everyone out there. But just to get the gratification of being able to be there for those guys that are on the fence about going full blown or they just don't have the experience or the uh, yeah the experience uh, in it and being able to sit there for hours in, in an evening and just really teach them your your you know your ways your methods and just give them tips and pointers and stuff that that way they don't you know, make wrong choices and fail. And they can kind of, uh, I guess, get to a higher level quicker because they've learned from someone that's actually went through all those failures. So if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and the saying we had at first was, as the tide rises, so do all ships. And the concept was, if we can develop our market here and the industry as a whole and make the industry as best as we can amongst a group of detailers, then everybody's going to rise at the same time. Correct. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. And I agree with you a hundred percent, DJ. It's the, it's, it's not so much the ones that are coming from that far. It's the ones that are literally a couple blocks, a couple mile radius. And then it becomes like going to a traditional poker game with buddies. You're all buddies. You all have beers, but when those cards are dealt, you keep that hand close to you and you don't show your hand the whole game until you, until you either fold or win. Yeah, I mean, I get that too, and it's just I don't know. I don't have, yeah, I don't have that mentality because Ian's about two miles away from me, and there's other shops that are, I mean, within our like five mile radius of where our shops at, we've got one, two, three, four, five detailing companies there, and we're all there's three of us there, four of us, well, actually, all five of us have been there for for years. We've been in business for multiple years, so 
but you are the anomaly though right like if we look at those other shops they don't participate They're no no, no not, they don't yeah so Ian barely that's sort of what justin's point is <laughs> like i'm kidding yeah no but i agree i definitely agree it's definitely something i mean obviously being part of the ida i'm all for teaching and helping people grow and i've done the same thing within my community with a bunch of detailers i've just mm-hmm. seen it go both ways so i speak on both sides of that and agreeance with gotcha. you as well yeah so let's go into because you both uh ian you and justin both mentioned you're a part of not only just a, a community but then even a more closed community um called the mafia so what is the mafia <laughs> the mafia uh, I'll let you handle that, Justin. <laughs> I was going to let you take the forward on that. It's too, it's too close and secret. No, we can't find I, out about it. Who's going to slip up? I don't want to <laughs> yeah. find myself doing all the talking because when, when I open up, well, I you're just, the guest, you know, you're, you're hey, the you guest, guest, man. Uh, well, you know, um, I guess, uh, I guess for me, you know, the detail mafia, it didn't start off as the detail mafia. Um, yeah. I met Rennie at mobile tech. And um, I was actually just intrigued by some of the videos I had seen in the previous years of my downtime being proactive and looking up detail information online. So hold on uh, just a second. You said a name. Tell us who I know who he is, but the people that don't, who's Rennie Doyle? uh, Rennie Doyle is a trainer, mentor, and overall uh, detail guru within our industry that is looked up to as one of the most sought after trainers in our industry. Um, for one-on-one training for both craftsmanship and business. And he has the most unique training on the market that has been established longer than most, if not any, of the combos of that nature with both business and craft. There are some, uh, you know, weekend courses that are great, uh, not, not, not the relevant ones, like the Rupes guys are doing amazing things. But, you know, like Mike Phillips with Auto Geek and them, they hold an amazing an amazing outfit down there. He, he has his, um, you know, his weekend boot camp. Um, but that's, uh, you know, a three day course as to where Rennie's is six days. Uh, and you go over not just the craft side, but it's interior, exterior coatings, wet sanding. There's all kinds of little tricks of the trade that you get that you pay for because you pay to play. It's an investment. And it's a matter of what you do with that investment when it's done that makes a world of a difference. But that's that's what he has to offer. And that's not just him, but that's also his wife, Diane, as well, who plays a big role in that. Um, and so the, they're, you know, a dynamic duo within that training. Awesome. Awesome. So you had seen videos, you met him at Mobile Tech, and then what happened next? Uh, we just hit it off. We just started BSing and um, – I had my wife and my son with me and she started you know, hitting it off with Diane. So they were talking and me and Rennie kept talking and, you know, I didn't know a lot about his training period. And then it intrigued me that he did it. So by detail fest, I had put money down and locked myself in. The crazy thing is Marty is that, you know, he's standing in front of his podium and his, it is sign in the background that had the air force one thing on there. And that was, that was January. Um, I went through training and I'm one of few that had the opportunity, but eight months later I was on air force one. So, I mean, it, it was, it was a huge slingshot effect is what I call it into the national scene, into the national market. And, and because of his training, because of his affiliation and what I learned on business and craft, it just, it, it, it went from there. I couldn't, I couldn't put a value on the investment that was made has been returned tenfold and some and some. And so it's just one of those things that, you know, you could go to other trainings and there's some puppy mill training, I call it out there that are, you know, other outfits to say that have been around. Um, And I call it puppy mill because I've seen the videos and I'll tell you what, if we all sat down and watch these videos, we would think we were watching some kind of prankster videos on TV, you know, like (laughs) impractical jokers or something like that. It's just, it's just crazy what's out there, but Hey, you know, it's out there. They make money and they keep people drawing in. So it is what it is. But by far Rennie's is my, my opinion, uh, the absolute best for everything he has to offer. And so you go through this training, but I mean, what's the mafia? Like family. It is, it is. And it's basically, it's an elite group of detailers that what happens is when you go through training, you go through, you become part of the detailers network that gives you, uh, opportunity to be on the forum with a lot of great information from detailers all across the U.S. 
And then from there, after being in the mafia and having a mentor, I'm sorry, in the, in the network, you have a mentor. And then at uh, two different events, we bring and uh, bring people in as made men that allows them to be made as mafia. And they're able to uh, use the mafia uh, logo and things of that nature. So like at SEMA and at Air Force One, we all get together and there's the board. We have a board within our group as well, just like the IDA. And they go and they, you know, figure out the background and, and moving forward with who has been uh, great with the group and, and put effort in to, to earn their rights to become a mafia member. And they get abducted in to become mafia and they're forward. Then they get uh, options or I should say, then they get selected at times to become part of these bigger projects that we have that we're exclusive to the Gordon McCall show, you know, and, and Monterey car week, air force one, uh, things of that nature that, that opens up to be amongst the elite of guys. And that's cool and everything. But the biggest part is the community. I mean, you got guys from all across the U S that work with every brand, every coating, every machine. So the amount of information is just above and beyond anything else within any other group. And we've all had the same training. You know, at the end of the day, we all come from different levels, either startup guys or well-seasoned guys, you know, and it's one of those things that that information that's there, you know, if you have a guy down the street from you offering a coding that you've never put on, you could just pick up the phone and call a guy within the network and be like, hey, you installed this coding. Tell me a little bit about it. So now you have an edge for your clientele on why your coding is different from the guy down the street and you have a way to sell it versus the other. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different, yeah, there's a lot of different really cool points to that and our meetings and we have webinars and we do these things. So, I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's what Ian said. It's a family. It's, it's a group of detailers that network uh, in in a manner that, yeah, exactly. Continued education, positive reinforcement, respect, business building, you know, all of it, the family building, you know, when you need, you know, when you have issues in house and you need to reach out to somebody, some of these guys are there for you more than your closest friends you grew up with. And that right yeah, there. That's in awesome. itself, yeah. Yeah. It's so it's, you definitely can network and talk back and forth. And that's, that's sort of where I was headed with the question of community. Like why is it important? I would say that's one of the best things is being able to, chat back and forth, ask questions, help each other out. I mean, we've seen in Detailers of Oklahoma, people even say, hey, I've got a phone call from somebody. I couldn't do their car. Somebody else want to do it. And people have helped each other in business, which is crazy to me. That Phenomenal. We would help, yeah. Yeah, help competitors. So, But uh, on that note, let's pause for a second. Hold on. Ah, Nice. Beer number two. But I'm sure you're you're on more than two. What are you guys on? I'm still on my one. Oh, that's lame. I, I just I uh, I definitely just number three. two. All right. So, Dave, tell us we've got a blonde ale. What makes, I mean, A, what makes it an ale? Two, what makes it blonde? Uh, the malt profile, the different kinds of malt that, that's in it. Um, it's, it's a little. It's a little confusing though because uh, it's it's called a blonde ale, but it just uh, don't I think taste it, like a blonde ale. Yeah, yeah, it tastes like a lager. Yeah, this is very hoppy. Well, yeah, yeah, blonde ales, especially American ones, they use a little more hops. It kind of has like that kind of peppery floral yeah. hop flavor, like from a Columbus or this has a Willamette subtle hops. and spice flavor along yep. with fruit and citrus aroma. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yep. It's it's a little hoppy for, but that I mean that's I feel like it's a lot of American beer. We you know we throw more hops into it than most any other region. Well, because I mean, IPAs and that stuff has grown so much in popularity. Yeah. That... It's just carried over into you know blondes and saisons and even stouts and porters, even the darker beers. But yeah, this so... this tastes like a lager yeast though. Like it's yeah. kind of got that lager flavor a little bit lighter and drier um, why what is it the yeast that does like you know a let's go back to you said ales the reason why it's an ale is what they're malt what makes it blonde or was that the malt that makes it blonde yeah the the malt the malt gives that flavor yeah so i, I don't know maybe it has like some sort of uh 
really lightly kiln malt like biscuit or something like that or maybe some munich or whatever and uh that kind of gives it that that color you know that bl- a blonde c- color with a touch of haze you know that you would clear mass-produced beers like budweiser and Coors and whatnot but it does Ian, was that you opening the second one yep there you go nicely done go ahead dave sorry yeah you're good um this one though I, it tastes like it's using a lager yeast which uh, if it is using a lager yeast, that means it would, I guess, technically be a lager or not an ale. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is an ale yeast, and I don't really know. But what defines it as an ale, though, as far as I know, is what kind of yeast they use to ferment the beer. You know, what, what makes the alcohol, um, the, the kind of microbes that make the alcohol, that's the, uh, the yeast. And uh, a lager yeast is different than an ale yeast. An ale yeast is warmer temperature and it ferments on top, and then a, a lager yeast is a cooler temperature and ferments on bottom. This tastes nice. like lager yeast. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a little, it's not as smooth as a typical blonde. The only blonde I have traditionally drank on a regular basis is if I'm over at Twin Peaks and they've got what they call it a dirty blonde or something. They have a blonde that's really pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's like a creamier, right? I mean, that's kind of what I'm used yeah. to is a little bit creamier. Yeah, yeah. This one's different. It's drier and maybe a little more carbonated. Uh, so, uh, Justin, tell us of the, the flavor of your beer. <laughs> well, I guess I could say, I, I, you know, I, I could understand that there's plenty of dirty blondes with Twin Peaks, but not in my beer. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, hey, it's Corona. You know, you, you can't beat it, especially on a good, you know, Taco Tuesday night. Helps True. Do you out. do the traditional lime? Squeeze the lime, turn your beer upside down, and let the lime go. That I do. That I do. And then, as my wife is sitting there talking to me, I let my thumb off the bottle, and it sprays all over her. And she gets mad at me every time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. fun, Mister uh, Mister Patterson. Hey, Marty. <clears throat> Mister Patterson, what do you think of this blonde ale? I I just think it's really drinkable. Like I like when I first opened it for the first time the other day. Um, I would just, I don't know, I'd probably drink half of it in one gulp. It was just so good. I mean, there's some beer that you just can't just, you know, crush immediately. And I'm like, I like to drink a lot of beer. So it was just very, very drinkable. That's kind of the way I want to describe it. You got a shotgun. Yeah. Shake it up. Hit it with a key. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. but. <laughs> So this weekend, there will be a Twin Peaks close to the hotel, so maybe we might have to go drink a Dirty Blonde. I'm not sure. Speaking of this weekend, uh, we will, I think most of us, some will not be attending. Some are only going for a moment and then leaving. No names. We won't mention anybody. But there are a few of us that are going to attend what's called Mobile Tech Expo. Uh, Ian, this is your first time, I think. Yeah. What is it that you're excited about? Uh, This is actually, I guess, my first, uh, I guess you call it trade show or whatever, for details. I'm just excited to go and see what the hell it's all about. I was supposed to go to SEMA, but, I mean, you know the backstory to that, so I didn't get to go, so... This is my first kind of yeah. show. Herpes flare up, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, oh my god! <laughs> and, uh, this is my first detailing related, you know, like thing to go to. So I'm, I'm just excited for that and get out of the house for a little bit. I guess. <laughs> hey, herpes is no joke. <laughs> uh, gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah, only when it flares up. Only oh. when it flares up. <laughs> All right, so take Justin. Your meds, Ian. <laughs> yeah, take your meds, man. Yeah, skip today. It's like leg nope, day. Skip leg day All right, so Justin, you live really close to there. So, how long have you been going to Mobile Tech? Uh, my first year of attendance was 2014. Um, that was yeah, that was my first time going, and the first time ever even knowing that detailers had any shows, or any kind of anything, and so. It was mind blowing to me, and then I haven't I haven't stopped going to shows since. Yeah, I mean that was me with SEMA. DJ kept trying to get me to go to SEMA. I, I think I kept denying, you know, like two or three years in a row. I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm good, because I would always go to the car wash expo, and then there's a Southwest car wash 
association that we go to because we, I come from the car wash background and the detail background. So I would always go to those. And then DJ finally talked me into SEMA. And then last year he talked me into Mobile Tech Expo. And I was a little hazy. I don't remember a lot about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Why is that, Marty? Well, that was because it was about two weeks, two and a half weeks after my daughters left. So I was a little, (laughs) I was a little, you know, just out of it because just battling with all that going on. Um, But I I think we're in a different hotel this year. No, that's the same one as always. Well, we uh, we're back to the original one, DJ. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's so. This is a much better venue. Um, Yeah, what was that last year? Last year was under construction, but they had that really cool open area where a lot of detailers would hang out. Yeah, but okay, so yeah, because I remember the first year that was going, it was at a really nice. So that's the Carib or Royale, whatever you guys are at. Yeah, that's, that's where, where we're, we're going. Correct. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that place is super nice. It is, and they have an interior area where they actually pull the cars in for SB testing. So no matter what the weather's like, people will be able to move forward with their testing. Uh, what the the what testing? What is that? Skills validation testing. Oh, for the wh- inter- who, who's who does that? Uh, those would be recognized trainers to the International Detailing Association that volunteer to help out on Sunday, and people who sign up have to be, of course, members and also have their certified detailer certification. However, there is going to be a certified detailer certification course this weekend, so. Those who are interested in becoming members or already members, this will establish them to have both opportunities in one weekend. All right, so let's talk about this International Detailing Association. What is it? I think we're all members, but you guys are both board members. What is the IDA? Well, the IDA is a association that has basically brought together detailers uh, to help bring the professional side of it, the craftsman side of it all to light uh, for all of us to come together and be on the same page and to also have consumer awareness that we are becoming and being recognized as more of a trade and craft um, to help establish, you know, everything across the board being better like ASE is for mechanics and things of that nature. So it's another community that people could get involved in. If you're a detailer, you're not, not really too excited about trying to network with somebody down the street. You might not be able to go join a more of a private group like you guys are in in the mafia, but it is an association of detailers for the betterment of the industry, right? Absolutely. And DJ, how long have you been in the IDA? Oh man. I don't know. I was on the board for, I think it's going on my second year, but, um, God, I've, I've been a member for, I don't know, four or five years maybe. And what was it, like, what drew you in? Like, why did you want to be a member of the IDA? Uh, just to get more involved with, uh, you know, with the detailing community. Um, you know, I was invited to be on the board a couple of years ago by Rob, and I just wasn't ready because I was really kind of building my business still, and I didn't have much time to devote to it. But really just all the IDA does for the detailing community, yeah. I just really wanted to be a part of something like that, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Dave, I think you uh, you recently went through it. We need to make sure you get your credentials and stuff, but you went through the all the different IDA testing, yeah. uh, skills validated yourself. What was it that, uh, that as, uh, as you being a manager at, at a, a detail shop, what was it that made you want to do it? Uh, you know, it was just um, – it kind of was the – it was the industry industry standard, I feel like, you know, um, and I wanted to make sure that I could prove myself and my abilities. And it was kind of a good test to see if, you know, was my experience, was my knowledge actually uh, viable? Was it uh, legitimate, you know, and a good a good uh, portion of it? Yeah, it was definitely was. Yeah, so I had the great the great advantage of being able to bring you in as your recognized trainer. <laughs> That's and- right. Ian, you also came through. Um, given that you've had different communities and different things that you've been in, what was it that uh, drew you to the IDA, International <clears throat> Detailing Association? Uh, for me, I think it, it comes down more to two reasons, and one of them is continued education. 
and the second being uh, just validation. And when a client comes in or, you know, asks about my business or whatever, they'll see that I am, you know, certified through the IDA, among other certifications. And I think, it, you know, with that being said, I think that just adds, you know, a little bit of validation to your business because that you're you're committed to a greater goal and you're committed to your profession and that it, it just it separates you from the pack essentially. Yeah, totally. Uh, Justin, you mentioned there's other industries that have credentials. And Correct. what is it? What were those and, and why would you compare the IDA to those credentials? Because the other industries are fully recognized as trades and crafts, and they've they've built for years. As our industry, unfortunately, we've been viewed at as a gypsy community. Uh, oh. There's, the, you know, Cheers. in a way that, yeah, to where that, you know, people, when you tell them you're a detailer, they kind of, like, shrug it off or laugh it off, like you should yeah. be basically cleaning the rims on their car for pennies. And yeah. until you let them know that your income is bigger than theirs and their wife's put together, then they want to start actually having a conversation with you. Yeah. And so it's, it's one of those things that the IDA is helping bring that to light to where we're not a gypsy community. You know, we are a trade built craft based industry and we, you know, we have something that we can offer to bring value. We always have, I mean, the dealerships wouldn't survive without us, especially, you know, used car dealerships, you know, we're, we're the backbone to that. So in, in the regular community, and there's so many different aspects of that, car, and including the car wash industry, um, there's just so many different levels of value that we bring to the table that we finally come together as an association uh, and have a foundation in moving forward to make that better for all of us. And it standardizes, you know, like David said, you know, what caught my ear, and, and kudos to, you know, uh, DJ and both Ian, uh, what you guys said was dead on. Uh, but David, the thing that you said was it being a standard that right there, that's exactly how it should be viewed either from an old guy that is finally seeing the light that's been well seasoned or a new guy coming into detailing. That's the exact answer. It's a standard, you know, that's honestly, for me, I had been in six, almost seven years into detailing and my passion is still through the roof. But when I found out about IDA to me, it wasn't a question of, you know, why should I join? It was how fast can I join? This is who I am. This is running through my blood. This is this is my career. This is it. And that's, you know, to me, that's what makes me push and why I'm involved at the level on that. Yeah, and for me, if I'm going to answer my own question, uh, it, it was that there was other, you know, other industries have associations. Like I mentioned with being in the car wash side of it also, we have associations. And this was the only one that I know of for detailers. And to me, it's very valuable if if I'm going to make my living, if I'm going to have my existence, so to speak, in this world, and it's based on cleaning people's cars, a.k.a. detailing or however you want to describe that, then why would I not be a part of the really the only major association that helps my industry and what I'm trying to do? Like It, it was a no-brainer. It just made sense. And so this weekend, so that's coming up this weekend, uh, the IDA will be, which is, why is it the IDA, and DJ, you might be able to help, um, why is the IDA so involved with Mobile Tech Expo? Um, I, <clears throat> I don't know. My experience with Mobile Tech Expo versus SEMA, and I might be going on a different rabbit trail, but is that Mobile Tech is so uh, focused it's so much smaller and more intimate um, because everyone's in the same hotel. Everyone's, you know, going to the same, they're just all in the same, literally in the same building for the entire weekend. So there's just so much more um, involvement and in, in, in networking and sharing of ideas and, and so forth in one building. Whereas SEMA is so spread out where you've got guys that are staying on the strip. You've got guys that are staying off the strip and hotel. I mean, it just takes forever to get all the details together you just can't do it there. So, you know, the IDA, I think, sees value at Mobile Tech because it is such a small uh, facility and it's just so intimate because everyone's in that one one area at, at once for the whole weekend. 
it's small, but if I remember, there were still quite a few people. I mean, right? Well, yeah, but we're all in the same building. I mean, everyone's yeah. staying in the same hotel. Well, and so to sum it up, if anybody's ever been to, you know, Rennie's cigar thing at SPEMA, what we do on Wednesday nights, it's basically like doing that Friday night and Saturday, Saturday night. night back yeah, back. maybe Sunday night. Exactly. It's awesome. It's just a much better way for people to not only learn about the IDA, and if, if they choose to, which we would all encourage to get your validation. And the reason why that is because what Ian had talked about earlier was you can put that plaque on your, your wall, on your desk, uh, put it, you know, in your window, however you choose. Letting people know that you actually have certification from an association that you can display to your customers. It should help validate, you know, who you are as a company. It's be very valuable. And so there at the show, people can get that certification, whether it's the handwritten part or where you go out. And DJ and I did that last year. And I learned um, the hard way that there's a difference between a fender well and a fender lip. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got nailed on my quiz. So whenever I quiz the people and I'm doing the, the skills validated as a recognized trainer, David, uh, you know, I kept trying to get him to, but I but think. Who, uh, what exactly? What was it? What, what exactly are you talking about? What exactly? Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. I don't know what the hell's because, going on? I know because I got nailed because I didn't say fender lip, you know. Yeah. Ian had cheated. He already knew that that's uh, what I was looking for. And so when we got to that part of the test, Ian, the first answer was fender lip. So anyway, it's a fun event. The weekend's a lot of fun, not only getting to hang out with other detailers, but getting a certified, uh, you know, uh, documentation saying that you are a certified detailer is very valuable for people. And being a part of the IDA and that community, like literally community is very important. I think we've established that there's different forms and different ways you can be involved in a community. And that to me is one of the best that any and every detailer should do. So, all right, let's, let's, uh, we got one out of five stars. Um, Justin, uh, your Corona light or is it the Corona extra? It is the light. It's Corona light. So give us a one out of five. Yeah. I'm at about a three at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'm at about three of them. <laughs> but no, I'll give it a three. <laughs> give it a three. It's just an average beer that you could grab at any point in time. I mean, I think we've all drank them. Definitely. Yeah. But I like Corona. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like funny. it too. Yeah, it's good beer. Yeah. Dave, uh, one out of five on this Tulsa beer. Oh, man. You know, you say Tulsa and I... I regret this slightly, but I'm going to just do a three. Yeah. Three out of five. I personally am not a huge fan of it. Um, good quality beer for sure, but I'm kind of expecting a little more of that creamy sweetness that I've, I've had from Blondes in the past. <laughs> what, what's that? What was that? We thought we heard a joke from the background. There, there was a joke from Ian. <laughs> what? What? Sorry, not your Ian. Pronunciate your joke a little bit more, will you? No, nothing. I was just, you know, talking to myself. No big deal. Oh, we're gonna okay. run. We're gonna run this back again. And we're gonna hear what you said. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ian, you need to you need to tie that beard up, Ian. Oh man. <laughs> All right, Ian. One out of five. One out of five. Uh, honestly, three and a half. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very drinkable, but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. with David. It's not that. Uh, I don't know. It's not bad, but yeah, three and a half. DJ, I'm rolling with a three. It's average. What? You said you really liked it. I do really like it. It's very. You can't beautiful. give it a three. I'm giving it. You a were three. like I chugged half of it the other night. How's that a it's three? Good. It's a. It's a very exactly. Drinkable beer. He chugged it. <laughs> yeah. He had I'm, to I'm chug it. Actually, enjoy it. If you if I have to stop and look at the can over and over again without you know taking another sip, like you know, that's when it's going to be a you know four four and a half, but. It's just a crushable beer. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm I'm definitely I'm probably even lower. Maybe uh, I don't know. Since you guys have taken three, I can't do that. I'll give it a two and a half. I I expected like first the first 
bit of it in my mouth was I tasted the hops. And it was like, and yeah. as, I just don't do hops. And so that, to me, was very strange. And then second, you know, after I would drink it for a little bit, I kept expecting more flavor for some reason. Yeah, I was expecting I smoother beer. Oh. Yeah, me too. Yep. Mm-hmm. You were effect- yeah, you were looking for smoother, and I get- I was looking for just a little, I don't know. After that yeah. first initial hop, I was like, well, where's the rest of the flavor? And then it kind of mellowed out. So, I don't know. Hey, Justin, uh, give us your final thoughts. Anything that you want to share, you know, as the guest, words of encouragement to detailers that are out there that either they're just starting or, you know, maybe need some encouragement from uh, Mr. Justin Lobato. Any last words? Yeah. Um, you know, overall, give or take, you know, the IDA is great. Uh, a lot of, you know, the more seasoned guys or some guys out there think they don't need to get involved with it. But, you know, they're having the same struggle with or without the certificate, always trying to convince customers about how good their services are and getting paid for them adequately. So, you know, being part of the IDA is not just about having a piece of paper. It's about being part of an involvement of something that's going to, you know, pave our future for us to have better days of getting those services without having the uphill battle or the resistance from the clients because they'll understand our value a lot better. And, you know, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and uh, a more respectful degree of professionalism, you know, perceived professionalism, actual professionalism. Um, It's going to be like what you're saying, uh, better well-received as it should be, you know, because there's a standard that's been made and it's uh, exceeded uh, exceeded, uh, standards beforehand, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Exactly. The perceived value will be much greater over time, mm-hmm. the more we get involved. And, you know, for those that are on the fence about taking the test, they're standard tests. You know, the first skills are the first uh, certified detailer test. It's a 10 part test. It's just to, you know, sh- show that, you know, the basics. It's, it's not anything hard. It's just to get your feet wet. Same thing with skills validation. You go and you show that you are able to carry the title as a professional, that you know the basics. You know how to get your hands on a polisher and properly use it without hurting yourself and most all hurting the vehicle. So, I mean, again, it's just one of those things in moving forward, there are going to be more later down the road. Um, and that's what we do as a board to, to, to listen to the community, to make those tests, to build on. And, you know, for overall, you know, knowledge is power. And the more you the more you learn, the more you earn. And at the end of the day, you know, we are detailers, but we're also entrepreneurs. And you got to always keep that in mind because you could be a great detailer, but if you don't know business, then that's all you ever be is just a great detailer. And you're not going to get far. We talk about that, taking your passion to a profit. How do you move from just passion and something you like to actually being profitable and making money at it? Absolutely. Yeah. So to piggyback what you said about seasoned, I think – to me, I would tell seasonal detailers, and there's there's those that they have their shop or they're doing, you know, but they're just like, I'm going to do it my own way and I'm going to be me. Well, why not give back to your industry, the industry that's helped you make a living, helped you have an existence, give back and then reach out to the younger guys. You know, as I'm about to hit 40, I'm seeing all the, you know, oh. we're reaching out and seeing 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, and it's like, wow, you know, how, how can, they're the next, you know, guys that are going to be growing the industry. What are they going to see in their lifetime that's, you know, we're getting to see coatings overtake the market. What is it that they're going to see? What are the cool things, you know, and it's just like, how can I help them being older, you know? So I would say to the guys that have been in a while, join the IDA and then reach out and help the younger generation so we can all make the industry better. You know, yeah, lead by example. Is, Don't be an example. Yeah. So whether you're IDA, whether you just create your own community, you reach out to somebody down the street. But if you're seasoned, don't just be in your shop doing you like help to help anybody that's in the community. And let's we can all grow together. So cool, man. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Uh, Justin, tell everybody where they can find you. What's your social media handle? Uh, Justin Lobato um, at Melbourne, or I'm sorry, I'm all over the place on that one. It would be, uh, email would be justin at showroomdetailandinc.com. You could find me. I have uh, my personal brand is Justin Lobato, Reflection Artist on Facebook. And then my shop brand is, of course, JL Showroom Detailing Incorporated on Facebook. 
Uh, and then if uh, you just want to Instagram too, right? Uh, Instagram is JL underscore showroom underscore detailing. I keep it all cool. to the business. Yeah, definitely. Uh, David, where do people find you? Do you have a Instagram, Facebook, or you want to yeah, throw yeah, anything yeah. out there? Uh, you can just search David Solomon on Facebook or uh, Des Does D E S D O E S on um, Instagram, IG, and uh, yeah, you can find me there. Cool, cool. Ian Porter. Uh, uh, Instagram's at Redbeard Detail Shop, and Facebook is Redbeard Detail Shop. Hmm. That was blue mustache. My bad. <laughs> All right, uh, DJ Patterson. Yep, um, Instagram at EcoGreenMD for the business and at DJ Patterson. Same thing with Facebook. Nice. And uh, last question, Justin Lobato. Uh, are you um, water or no water? Do you, <laughs> do, you, do you follow the traditional or do you step out <laughs> and go eco-friendly? I'm not quite following you on that one, Marty. I kind of <laughs> water or no water. Oh, as oh far as uh, what I do at my shop, if we talk in detailing, I'm traditional. Uh huh. Traditional. Yeah, I live by the Why ocean, so it? it just goes right back into it. Oh, here we go. Now DJ would say you're putting what into the oceans and the water. Anyway, I'm just starting. To, I'm just trying to get DJ riled up. I'm not DJ's being awfully quiet over there. I tried. I tried. I've got (laughs) eco-friendly jokes for days, so don't get me started. (laughs) Bring them on. The reason why. The reason why we heard the echo earlier from DJ was because it wasn't because he was in a hallway. It's because of all the, uh, what you would call it, the, uh, uh, sound, dampening, uh, the sound dampening material uh, in his electric car. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. All right. We will definitely have to come back on because uh, and go after to what do people choose to clean their cars? And you made a good point. Like, I live out by the ocean. I got plenty of water. Here in Oklahoma, we go, man, we got plenty of water, but there's people in other parts of the country that don't. And so that would be a good one. So stay tuned. We'll do another podcast with you, Justin, if you would be so grateful to come back on. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I'm with Total Auto Solutions. You can find us Instagram at Total Auto Solutions, Facebook, wherever. We will also be at Mobile Tech Expo. So Justin, can't wait to see you there. DJ, we won't see you there. David, maybe next year. And uh, Ian. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to your snoring, but we'll we'll do it. Aren't you guys sharing a bed? Yes. That's what I thought. He is sharing the floor, and I've got the bed. Ian's going to shave his beard, so when he shows up to the show, it's going to be like, where's Waldo? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Thanks, guys. Appreciate all your time. Uh, Yes, sir, DJ. Do you know what they say? I don't. I don't. Uh, Make it a great day. (laughs) Make it a great day. Take care, guys. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. See you. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye, guys.